So you want to be a dungeon master? That's great. We're here to help. I'm Taylor. I'm Justin. And this week, we're going to talk about all the basics that happen outside of combat. So we're talking roleplay. We're talking ability checks. We're talking exploration and more. Get ready. How much more? For another, oh, uh, so much more. <laughs> okay. Cool, I bet. Cool, cool. I bet. A ton I just wanted more. to find out. Okay. Cool. 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 Yeah. I'm. I'm a little <laughs> in the dark myself, but uh, mm. our agent told us that is a bunch more. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, good. I'm glad the agents got involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our people are Moving on up it. in the world. <laughs> our people are on it. I have siphoned some of my campaign staff. I adopted a new platform for my presidency. Remember how I'm running for president? Running on, oh, yeah, yeah, running yeah, yeah, yeah. on a platform You're of running death saves the, for um, monsters. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've added a new policy onto that. Uh, oh, no. Oh, no, it's a good one. You're going to get behind this. Guaranteed. Am I? I I'm going to. The first one was a swing and a miss, my guy. <laughs> Listen, this one's, this one's aces. Okay. All websites are forced to, when you have to type in your password, they're forced to type in, like, is this the website that requires a special character? <laughs> or is this not the website that has a special character? I need all websites to divulge that information. Mm-hmm. When I created the password, what were your rules? <laughs> Because it's a different password depending on what the rules are. And I don't want to be here but spending 10 minutes figuring this out. Just, just put a special character in your default and you never have to remember. How dare you? <laughs> I mean... I can't expend the energy that it <laughs> takes to bring my pinky to that exclamation point. <laughs> oh, boy golly. Wow. And that's Probably an exclamation point one, two, three, four. And that's why I'm asking for your vote. <laughs> Yeah. But first... He uses the same... He's got the same password on his luggage. But first... (laughs) What does roleplay in tabletop roleplaying games mean to you? Um, Well, it's a a way for you to interact with your environment. via your imagination imagination it's really honestly one of the most fun parts of tabletop games just because you know there are a lot less rules it's pretty much you can fly by the seat of your pants and you know a lot of times i like to keep it light at the table and you know a lot of laughs to be had during the role play set role play times because you know you can come up with all kind of funny stuff to do. Talk to some people, you know, it's, I don't know. That's yeah. role play in a nutshell is just kind of the interaction that you do with the world outside of combat. Pretty much. Yeah. It's like, I think most people would probably say that it's like pretty much not a hundred percent, but it's almost like everything that's not combat. Which isn't to say mm-hmm. that you can't have a little role play during combat, and maybe you can even have a little combat during role play. But it's an easy yeah. way to like, if you were to make it a little bit binary, then that would kind of be an easy way to think about it. But yeah, role play is just pretending to be your character, mm-hmm. interacting with the world that the DM has given you. Um, and if you're the DM, role play is just being the world <laughs> and all of its yeah. inhabitants. Yeah, it's like it can be. 
uh, social interactions when you're dealing with shopkeepers or barkeepers or other kinds of keepers? Why are they all like that? Um, <laughs> One of them is a goalie, actually. Oh, a goalkeeper. Wait, that's still a keeper. That's still a keeper. <laughs> so then it could also be exploration. Sometimes it's inner party role play. Sometimes it's the DM and the, and the player. It can be puzzle solving or like figuring out riddles and stuff like that. Like when you're going through a dungeon, but you're not like mm-hmm. in imminent danger, but you're just trying to walk through and figure it out. Yeah. It's all those different conversations. We'll talk more about this a little bit later, but like um, those times of trying to figure out the puzzles and stuff. Yeah. You know, as a player, you might understand it, but it's a lot more fun when you role play it as your character because it just gets silly. And I don't remember what we were doing. (laughs) There was some kind of stupid check we were trying to do. And like, I was a riddle and it was, the 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 fox chicken grain problem and oh, like yeah. i knew the answer <laughs> i knew the answer but my character has 11 intelligence i really do not think that my character would have any fucking clue where to even start with this puzzle right and that just leads to a lot of fun times between the players because i mean yeah you get it but you know it's you take the time to tell a story about it and it's a lot of fun yeah, it is. It can be so much fun. It's also a great opportunity during the game of D&D and other tabletop where the player can have a little bit more agency and start to control the story or dictate how certain things go. Because not only are you controlling your character, but in, in a super indirect way, you're like controlling the world by changing what happens. And therefore, there are consequences. Yeah. Right? Because... Like Taylor mentioned before, like, yeah, you, you can kind of fly by the seat of your pants and like do whatever you want, which is like totally true. But also then the DMs role playing comes in the form of consequences. Right. Yeah. 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 Hey, dog, you can try and pickpocket the king. Like, I'm down for it. But like, Hundo. be ready. Let's do it. <laughs> roll the <laughs> Let's dice. Let's do it. But also. Roll the dice. And then... understand you are pickpocketing the king and there's 10 guards around you guys right now. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck with that. Um, They're each getting their own separate perception check. Yeah, exactly. Each and every one of them. I love role play in D&D. It's like one of my, I like as much as I really, really, really enjoy combat, I mm-hmm. just as much and maybe just a smidge more like role play. And I think it's because I'm, of the sort of unpredictability of it, which Obviously, I've been surprised in battle many times, but <laughs> what? <laughs> it's more fun for me when I'm not getting killed. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it's um, it's oh, man, I had a thought. Uh, I'm the oh, I'm the kind of the opposite way. Um, like I like the fighting just a touch more than the role play. Right. Because the role play is um it's kind of slow to me sometimes i mean combat is slow but it also feels faster because i'm getting to use a lot of abilities and i'm getting to roll a bunch of dice whereas on a role play session sometimes i'll sit there for 40 minutes and not say a word you know and i'm not 
upset about it. It's just I don't I don't feel necessarily as involved in those moments. No doubt. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely different. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. definitely different how everyone gets involved. Um, and we're going to touch on a bunch of that kind of stuff in this episode. Yeah. Hey, gang, we wanted to talk to you really quick about an amazing opportunity for you. Wait, Justin, is this another bit about a fake Fresca sponsorship? First of all, that's not fake. Big Fresca loves me. But no, this isn't about Fresca at all. It's about an incredible charity drive that ends January 31st. Oh, you're talking about the uh, TTRPG charity drive for Doctors Without Borders. That actually is a great opportunity. Yeah. As of January 23rd, over 70 creators of the TTRPG community have helped raise $15,400 already. Wow, that's great. But since there's still time left, people can still donate and they can get some really cool prizes. Yes, they can. They can get all kinds of products and services from a bunch of TTRPG creators. You know, Taylor, actually, we should give out some prizes for people who donate. Hey, Justin, uh-huh. we're already doing that. Oh, we, we are. I, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, we are. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Why don't you tell the good listeners what we're offering? All right. Well, when you donate $50, Justin can run you and up to four friends in a D&D one shot. Oh, beep. That's awesome. I'm a great dungeon master, so that's good. Yeah, and for $75, we will both write you a custom D&D one-shot just for you. Tell us the vibe, the setting, the monsters, whatever, and we will work to create a -a one-of-a-kind adventure just for you. Dang, those are awesome. And people can donate where exactly? It's actually really easy. On either our TikTok or Instagram at SoYouWantToBeADM, just click on the link in our bio. That'll send you to our link tree where you find the charity for Doctors Without Borders. Phew, that is easy. And what a good cause. And you get prizes? Goodness gracious. Remember, though, the charity's only going through January, so check it out ASAP. Woo! Now, let's get back to the show. So, like, the biggest thing. So, this episode, we're going to talk about, uh, like, roleplay a lot. And last episode was spellcasting, but the episode before that was all combat. Mm-hmm. I think the two are very different. A hundred percent. Because role play, it's a lot more like jazz. You know, you're just going back and forth. <laughs> you're playing off each other. You're, oh, you're yeah. riffing. You're having a good time. Whatever, right? Um, even mm-hmm. every once in a while, you play a sad song, and that's okay too. That's all part of jazz. Combat. It is. It combat is, is fucking Beethoven. <laughs> Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> like it is by the book intense uh with a little room for flair because we've all heard a beethoven dubstep song before so it can happen but it's still beethoven <laughs> and it's still beethoven yeah that song is beethoven um, right? the one that i did with my yeah mouth? it's beethoven's okay. fifth i'm Thank pretty sure gosh. okay that would have been so I'm embarrassing God, we would have gotten it in the email. I'm going to be way wrong, too. <laughs> and you know what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen is we're going to release this, like pre-release it, and we're definitely going to hear it from somebody in the group. Like, actually. <laughs> it is Johan Bach, actually. And his name is Sebastian. Yep, yep. So Sebastian. <laughs> okay. Sebastian. <laughs> wow. All right. I'm talking about dubstep remixes. So. It's a pretty fucking sweet. <laughs> Remi- like dubstep band name Sebastian. 
question. All right, so I'm a DM. Mm -hmm. I got this game. I'm trying to figure out role play Mm -hmm. and combat and stuff like that. How do I tell a story? Like, how much control do I have over the story? Is it really, like, as much improv as you guys are letting on where it's, like, you said it's jazz? Like, can the player really just move us to a totally different thing? Or are we on the, are we on the rails? So, kind of, yeah. I mean, if we want to stick with the jazz metaphor, I mean, there are still jazz songs. Like, there are melodies and motifs that you can kind of hang on to. And the same is true with the role play role play sections of your games is that you can still while giving your players the illusion of choice have an iron grip on what's going on actually going on in the uh mm-hmm. story. Just by like I said, giving players the illusion of choice. They come into a fork in a road. So if they go right, it's going to lead to one place. If they go left, guess what? It's going to the same fucking place. It's going to the same place. But Taylor, what if they go yeah, back? It's all... What if they go to the place and then go back and choose the different uh, option? Then what do I do? Uh, you've got a couple <laughs> options here. Either A, you can go like put like a village or something mm-hmm. there. Or you can make a really, what I like to do is put like a big dragon or like a beholder or something that they're, whatever, take, take CR, whatever CR they're, your party's rated for, add 10. <laughs> they'll, t- they'll turn back. <laughs> and then, and then, yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll go, oh shit, wait, maybe <laughs> the little, Maybe the the happy uh, festival that the DM spent all this time preparing <laughs> and getting ready for. Maybe we should do that instead. Exactly. Good idea, guys. Great idea. Exactly. So, yeah, there's two different. I mean, like, there's probably, like, multiple ways you can look at this, and it's not as super binary as just railroading versus sandbox. However, again, just to make it simple to explain, there's railroading, and then there's sandbox. When you're trying to plan essentially like how structured and like thought out is every step of the way of the adventure. So like railroading your train on a railroad tracks, right? You're only going where the railroad tracks Mm -hmm. go. Super simple, right? Sandbox, you can go wherever. (sighs) So it's a little more wishy-washy. But I have a lot of fun. I mean, like, I think I lean very hardly towards railroading as like my preferred method, but I also, I think I am having a really good time making it feel a little like sandbox. At least like I'm trying to always make it feel like sandbox, but in reality, it is railroad. It's a, we are on the rails. We are on the track, baby. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, you hear, uh, that's like one of those complaints that you hear like a new player make is like, Oh, if you're railroading us, you're railroading us. Yes, of course I'm railroading you. I just paid $13 for this adventure pack. We're running this stupid adventure pack. Yeah. Like cut me some <laughs> slack here. There, there definitely right. needs to be. And most of the time there is, and this is why I love playing with people who are like forever DMS is like, they are perfect. Like clue hounds whatever you want to call it, like plot uh-huh. hook idiots. Like they're just always like, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. like, Oh guy in the corner with a dark There's hood. A note. I'm in. 
I'll talk to him. <laughs> and you're like, hell yes, finally. Thank hell you. Oh yeah. Because, I mean, eventually the DM's like, so no one wants to talk to the guy. Is that what I'm getting? Right. Okay. All right. All right. The guy walks up to you. <laughs> right. <laughs> and here we are. Now it's Surprise, we're, we're having a conversation now. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just two different styles. Um, sandbox is a lot of fun. I do a, ga- a campaign with all women set in a modern day version of uh, Manhattan. And it's like pretty sandboxy in the sense that like at any point they could go after three or four different people. But I have all four of those people planned. And then if they take one out, then, you know, and they're like stronger, let's say, you know, they go up a level or whatever. Then I just make that person's encounter a little harder, like that villain in the lineup. And then every time they kill a bad guy, there's a bunch of clues that, again, send them in four different directions. So it's railroad, but it's just there are four railroads. So it's just like, all right, wh- yeah, which one exactly. do you guys want to that's take? really... <laughs> And that, as a as a DM, is how you avoid the, oh, you're railroading us complaint. Just give them a bunch of shit to do. Just give them, they'll, you know, it, it might, because I was just talking about buying adventure packs, because that is a super valid way to DM. Um, you know, it might cost a little bit up front. You can probably find uh, some pretty good free resources out there. I don't know where off the top of my head, but, you know, if you're, you might want to buy three or four different adventure packs and then you know you can drop them all in kind of organically as far as like the plot hooks for them and then let your players decide which one they which one they want to go on mm-hmm. which and sometimes they'll surprise you sometimes they'll go right down they'll just walk right down the path but then other times you they need a little cajoling and a shillelagh to the side of the head <laughs> exactly or my favorite, you know. my favorite and easiest trick is just to have all of your players have some sort of worship, whether it's a patron, a deity, whatever, and just give them visions of their deity being like, go to the thing, <laughs> fight the guy. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, they're like, but Lord, I can't. I, I'm not ready to fight the guy. And the, the Lord's like, no, you are. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Please fight him. Uh, but okay, so. <laughs> so role play let me get this right role play a lot mm. more like jazz I, I have a lot more options i can kind of do what i want but there are, there's also you're telling me that there's also songs where there's a little bit of structure so i guess like mm-hmm. how do i know what i can do and what i can't do like i want to so I wanna walk into the bar i want to walk up to the bartender and try and get a free drink i try and i da- flash my dazzling smile give him a wink does it work? Uh, I, can I do that? <laughs> roll a roll a persuasion check. Oh boy! It's a natural thirteen. I don't know what I add to it. <laughs> well, I'm just gonna say he's a commoner, so DC will be ten on that. Uh, hey, uh. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he sees you're new in town and uh, comes over with a drink. First one's on the house. Bingo, bango. We just role played. <laughs> bang, bang. You guys are welcome. Easy we'll be here all, well, the rest of this episode. <laughs> For the rest. Uh, yep. And then, you know, we'll be back. Like, it's not like we're gone forever. We'll be, we'll be back. Uh, we'll be here again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah so. so, yeah. 
pretty much <laughs> that was a good example of like the most simple role play where quote unquote rules are involved because right role play is really just like throwing you're throwing something at the wall seeing if it sticks so like here's the world the dm will describe the scene you're in a bar and then you react to it so you say all right, I'm going to walk in. I'm going to go over to the bartender. I'm going to try and get a free drink by splashing a smile. And then it's the DM's job to react again and say, okay, roll a persuasion check, rolls the dice, 13, success. DM interprets what a success looks like. He gives you a free drink. And then you move on and you just keep going like that. And that's role play. And sometimes dice are involved and sometimes they're not. Taylor, you want to try and hit like why? Sometimes dice are involved and sometimes they're not. Like, when would dice be involved? So, um, in my professional opinion, the dice should only get involved if it doesn't matter whether or not they fail the check. And I don't know if that's, like, it's kind of hard to explain. Like, if I'm trying to give my characters information and they do like an investigation check. What am I supposed to do if they don't hit the DC for finding the information? You know, no doubt. Like I, I have to give them that information. So there are certain things where the dice, like if it is critical to the plot to continue, no dice, we're not, we're not going to roll dice. I'm just going to say what happens. Yep. But you know, something like a like getting a free drink at the bar. Who cares? Yeah, roll for it. If you roll low, it leads to funny role play. If you roll really high, it leads to funny role play. It's, you know, it's generally the only time I will bust out dice outside of combat is when the stakes are real, relatively low. That being said, I'm going to take back everything I just said. <laughs> because <laughs> there are also roles that i want to leave to chance exactly that's what i was gonna say is when it is up when it makes sense story-wise to leave it up to chance because some things yeah it makes sense to just say yes what you're saying happens right and there's no reason to let the dice decide that it doesn't and then there's other things where it's like well who knows and it's either a situation where it's low stakes and it's harmless. And then there's situations where you're like, all right, dude, you're trying to rob the king. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> you got to roll for yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. But then like backing you up on what you originally were saying is like, there are certain ass facets facets. There are certain facets of the game that should not be hidden behind dice rolls. Right. That absolutely will happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that I've feel I've listened to a bunch of like um the the D and D court stuff on Nadpod and like something that kind of irks me and also on uh Reddit. I'm on and off of the D and D Reddit all the time. Okay. Um but like you'll hear a DM say, Oh well my players were supposed to be looking for this thing and they got to where it was supposed to be, but then they failed the investigation check. And, like, I couldn't give them the thing that they were looking for because they failed. And then everybody got mad. And it's like, yeah, of course they got mad, dude. You led them to the spot. And then 
you didn't give them the thing. Like they know, right. like the 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 MacGuffin, whatever the thing is that they're right. looking for. Like you, you know that that kind of stuff, the plot critical stuff, you can't put behind dice rolls. Exactly. And there's even ways that you can give them it and shade it with the failure of the role. Right. Like so there's always like a way to like figure it out. You know, I've had that happen where people roll fucking nat ones. And then in my head, I'm thinking what we're talking about where I'm like, shit, <laughs> they need to know this thing <laughs> and I'll figure out a way. You really got to know. You it. know what I mean? With enough practice, you figure right. out a way to make a nat one sound like, well, on that one you say okay well that gets you the same amount you know, of shit you were gonna get yeah you don't really know who you <laughs> saw in that room but you were distracted by a tawny owl and that tawny owl made you think god i should call my dad <gasps> maybe the person you saw was your dad <laughs> boom that <laughs> one still got thicker cross <laughs> yeah i don't know uh i don't remember where i heard it first but like you always want your players to fail forward. So even, you know, you can, again, give them that illusion of, you know, good, th you know, they may or may not get this information or whatever. They're going to get the information. But, like, even if they roll bad, you still want the plot to progress. So you still, mm -hmm. you, you color that flavor in one way or another. You deal with it however you want, but you still move things forward as a story. Because you never want to hit that point where you're like, oh, well, know what? Exactly. You know? Exactly. And just as much as the impetus is on the DM to progress the, the story forward, it's also a little bit. We talked about having friends play games and stuff and how sometimes it's nice to have somebody who takes those plot hooks. Sometimes the players should also think about this kind of stuff. Like a lot of role play is beneficial like it's the same notes that both sides can take you know what i'm saying like the tips and tricks that we're going to give on role play are beneficial to both sides players and yeah. dungeon masters because D, D is collaborative storytelling so role playing is the opportunity to have each party each uh, person be the author for a for a spell because presumably maybe with the help of the DM, but the player has written their backstory. They've been the author of their own personal story, but now they get to share that story, not just with the dungeon master, but also with the other players and weave the world together. And it's dope. It is so fucking yeah. cool. It like, if I think about it for too long, I get freaking spacey. <laughs> I'm like, dude, we're telling the story together, dude. Yeah. It's I have to calm down. Yeah, it's, it's definitely something that come like that feeling comes from having a long running game because I do think about that too. It's like, dude, we've been we've been telling this story for three years now, and it's still so crazy. Yeah, like, the things that happen, like wild. how crazy of a payoff was it to get Dragon's Bane and Sabbath? Yeah, like two characters that you guys met so early on. Yeah, <laughs> like level five, and it took us to who wronged yeah. you guys. It was just like so long because it was five levels, but there was like little character side uh -huh. quests in between. So it was just like so much yeah, that other bit, stuff. That bit is crazy too. Like now getting into like, we're into Phallus's hometown and like having interactions and stuff within the town and stuff just because we're fucking famous now. Like 
I can get away with so much now because I, yeah, hey, it's me, your boy. Let me through. (laughs) (laughs) I literally did that. That's exactly it. Yeah, the the guards, you guys were running by and the guards were like, that's suspicious. So they were like, halt, who are you? And you said who you were and they were like, all right, love your work. (laughs) Carry on. (laughs) Gave you a little salute and that was it. That's great. I almost considered not even doing it because I was like, they're they're gonna know them but i'm really from i'm really glad we did do it because i kind of had that like a a a little moment of like damn hell yeah this guy just knows me on site i don't really have to explain what the hell's going on i mean i know i i know what i look like but (laughs) i mean he's just gonna write it off because we're um he likes me that's cool i don't even know this guy that was fun i didn't even have or did i i think i did roll for it I think I did a persuasion or something. Oh, you did. You rolled persuasion. Or maybe you didn't roll persuasion. You rolled persuasion against somebody else. Did I? Um, against like either Spock or Manischewitz or something like that. I rolled a d20 to see if he remembered you, if he had heard of the name, and I rolled a nat 20. Okay. Yeah. And that's a, that's a fun little trick that you can tuck in your pocket, too, um, is, you know, as your players progress, they should get more famous you know because like especially once they get into the highest levels like 10 plus they're doing some wild shit they're killing some yeah, wild things you know and um just have a, a dice or like this is kind of something like on the dm side of things like if the players say oh well does this person know me roll for it you can do odds or evens you can do high or low high low something like that um yeah but just you could do that all the time i i've done that both as a player and as a dm where an it won't be an asked for role it'll just be like a situation where i'm like how should i role play this like or how enthusiastic would i be about this decision or whatever's happening and i'll roll a d20 closer to 20 it gets the more enthusiastic i am about that decision and the that's dictates how the role play goes um but yeah because it's like I don't know. It's just so much fun sometimes to leave it up to that chance. Yeah. 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 Cause like I would have been okay if he didn't know who I was. I definitely have the credentials to back. I like, I had the credentials to back up anything I said. So <laughs> I was, I was cool with it, but like, it was just, it's neat that like, yeah, no, that was a lot of fun. It's been a crazy how long it's been um, since your party has been in that town. It is truly storytelling telling it together as a group. And I think that's key is that it is a group game. So, Mm -hmm. so always make sure like, especially as the DM um, to not forget about the quiet people at the table, unless they're like not huge wanting to be into role play, whatever. That's cool. But at the same time, like there are people that as the more you play together, will open up more and you'll get some really wild off the wall shit from those people. Like they give you the best role plays once you get them For out sure. of the box. Yeah. It's uh it's all about trust and just a little bit of um mm-hmm. vulnerability and just kind of like getting comfortable with each other. And it takes time and it takes the right group and it takes um teamwork because you know, you're all in this little made up world together. So be nice to each other and just 
be fun and generous is a big word. I think that it would be dope for any D and D player would be proud to be called generous, you know, because it's easy to steal the spotlight sometimes. Like I know I've definitely done it. I sometimes we'll get on those like, Oh, thanks man. You said a hundred percent for me. Thanks, dude. <laughs> no, no, no. A hundred percent about me. A hundred percent about me. You're the DM. Of course, you're gonna steal the spotlight. You're talking dude, I've all do, the I've fucking time, I've done it as a player dude. too, though. I I've done it as a player too, though, because like I've definitely done it. As sometimes a I get on like uh just like a joke spiral where I'm just like I say one joke, it, it makes people laugh, and I say a secondary joke based on that one that gets people to laugh and then i become an asshole and i'm just like doing stand-up i'm doing a tight five (laughs) doing it doing it doing a loose 15 what's the deal with beholders (laughs) (laughs) what's the deal with that jeez um oh man speaking of uh assholes what is metagaming? Oh, man. It's kind of related to roleplay, okay. at least. Most of the time. I mean, actually, yeah, combat is another big one, but metagaming can span both. Yeah, this is another kind of word that you hear get thrown around, and you may or may not know what it means. Metagaming is, like, knowing that you're playing a game in, like as a character using player's knowledge to inform your character's decisions when they may or may not actually have the same knowledge. Like, a really quick example of this would be, hey, I know that I'm fighting a beholder. My player, my character's never fought a beholder, but I'm going to go ahead and look this up in the monster manual so I know what it's got as far as HP, AC, and all this, that, and the third. Yeah, that, that example of metagaming is like, actually a crime i think i think you do go to jail when that happens so don't do that Um, straight to jail been warned (laughs) but uh, uh, straight to jail (laughs) (laughs) an equally egregious in my eyes but less uh less lethal version of that would be like we're all at the table i'm the dungeon master i bring taylor's character like an npc and i'm like hey Taylor's character let's go alone in a room and we're alone in a room and I tell him a secret if another character like a different player starts blabbing that secret even though their character wasn't in the room but obviously you know Catherine heard it because she's sitting at the table Uh, then like that's metagaming Catherine tell me about it dude she's the biggest metagamer ever I know but big cat's got a big heart so we we love her you know yeah yeah. For all of her flaws. You can't kick her out of the party. Yeah. God, dude. Those oatmeal raisin cookies she <laughs> made the other day, though, those were spiked. So good. <laughs> Catherine's not real. Typical Catherine's big cat. Real. Typical big cat. That's my vice P, dude. <laughs> That's my. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, my vice P, dude. Your vice P. That's how. Hell yeah. <laughs> That, it's that those words have never been shortened. It's Ice T's straight lace cousin. Vice, Vice P. Vice P. Ice T is actually he's gonna be in my cabinet. He's my secretary of defense. Oh man, you really missed an opportunity there to make him secretary of the interior. <laughs> I don't know why that was. I don't know why that was a missed opportunity, but I like it cold. 
Ice T. Same. All right, so that's <laughs> all what, right, and we're moving on, and and we're back. Um, so yeah, metagaming. It's one of those things that yeah, you're gonna hear all the time in in the circles of D and D and TTRPG talk and stuff like that. But yeah, I guess it's it's pretty much frowned upon pretty universally. There are times where it kind of is like almost like it's just gonna happen. Like your character, it's, yeah, your character might you're not have an understanding of it. what spell slots are, but like you know what spell slots are, and you know that you're reading the cards and figuring out what the spell components are and stuff like that. So it's it's whatever. There's a certain level that's just gonna happen. Like I yeah. sometimes am a little bit of a stickler when it comes to like characters being like, I have 15 health left. Cause it's like, they don't know what 15 health is. Like that's crazy to just yell that across a battlefield. But at the same time, it's like mm-hmm. they're gonna be able to see them and in the moment I can't necessarily right. still gonna know that they're hurt. Exactly. It's just like trying to find ways to get around that and still make it fun and not like be too much of a, yeah, that's another really common uh, of a damper metagaming thing. It's easy. It's, it's hard. It's hard not to metagame sometimes. Cause sometimes it's, it, yeah, you can't tell the, especially when we're doing like online play where you can't like see people's faces to get like a better read <laughs> of like exactly what they're yeah. trying to say. So like if somebody just says out loud, like, Oh yeah, that sounds like they're doing um, you know, major image spell. And it's like and it oh, that's really just the player talking to a different player out loud, like kind of right. hypothesizing about what it might be. That's not necessarily the same as like their character saying it and them acting on it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's it gets kind of tricky. It can. But I mean, there's really only a handful of times where metagaming can really be game breaking it does break immersion a lot i think um and you know the the one person acting on like a secret that another player knows that but that they don't that's that's a problem Big like, time. that shouldn't happen yeah. but like you know players are gonna talk about the game exactly even in the middle of the game like you can't keep them like that would just basically shut out all like you if that's the case then your player should never talk outside of combat like outside of their character right and at that point it's like not even fun anymore so yeah i guess just like now you know what it is so you know if it happens what it is (laughs) and also like Mm -hmm. it's a spectrum and figure out for yourself where you draw the line into like yeah at what point will you be like hey guys you're never gonna get away from it yeah it's it's always and next session we're gonna be talking about something called sessions next um episode we're gonna be talking about something called session zeros that would be a great time to bring up metagaming and just be like kind of squash it in the butt before it even starts so you're not accusing anyone of metagaming you're just like hey guys in this game blah 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 we talked about this but enough about metagaming let's get into a little bit of a framework that's worked into the game, something that obviously has its place inside of combat. No one's saying anything that isn't in agreement with that, but I find can be a huge guideline to maybe help a more novice role player in what their character can be good at, maybe how to role play their character, 
some ideas to bounce off of. And I'm talking about ability checks, talking about our skills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is kind of one of those things that it doesn't really have a whole lot of bearing on the combat side of thing, but you are going to be, this is that really big box. If you, if you're looking at like a, a, a wizards of the coast character sheet, there's a really big box that has a list of a bunch of different things, athletics, acrobatics, all of that stuff. And then there's a bunch, there's like pluses or minuses, hopefully not a whole lot of minuses, but you know, you can have pluses and stuff to on that. And that is basically, it translates to the, the things that your character can do outside of combat. Yep. For the, For most, the most part, because it will happen inside of combat, athletics, acrobatics, stealth, like there's a handful, but they yeah. all can also be used out of combat outside. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's get right into it. Remember kids, you get to add your proficiency score to any of these skills that you're proficient in. So as you level up, your proficiency bonus goes up. You get to just add that. Say I'm proficient in athletics. Then I roll a D 20. It's a strength one. So I get to, I just rolled a nat one actually. <laughs> um, get wrecked. That, yeah, that tracks. Um, <laughs> I'm fucking, I'm having this horrible, uh, flashbacks to the president's test in schools doing those athletic things um oh, climbing Lord. ropes actually not climbing ropes because i couldn't do it um <laughs> i was scared so my athletics check i roll a d20 i add my strength and because i'm proficient um i add my proficiency bonus <laughs> so mm -hmm. that's a good example we'll just kickstart right on um athletics because it's the first one and strength this is the only skill that is associated with strength which uh yeah i've kind of got a little bit of a hot take here on the fact that athletics is the only strength based ability check i think intimidation should be as well i like home brewing or home ruling and that's because it's i agree with you that but i think it should be it should depend on how you're intimidating fair okay I think if you're, as soon as you put hands on them, it's strength. I'm down for strength. Right. But if you're, if you're not laying a finger on them, then I might say intimidation. Yeah. Like in, uh, in that, uh, whatever, uh, system they're using for Mentopolis, the, the menacing check. Exactly. Oh, that's a good, that sounds awesome. Yes. The menacing um, check. But yeah, so um, anyway, getting to the actual skill athletics, um, this is basically going to be running, jumping, climbing trees, what have you. You need things, you picking things up, throwing stuff, anything you need to use your raw brute strength for, that's athletics. Yep. Could even be breaking a door down, breaking out of manacles, mm -hmm. opposing a grapple bunch of different options that's a big one yep and right on the other side of athletics um unless you mm. have anything else big to talk about with athletics yeah. <laughs> uh, right on the opposite side of athletics is acrobatics as we get into the dexterity um skills so acrobatics is a dexterity based one so this is more like how nimble you are so it can also be used to oppose a grapple but this time instead of just like wrenching their arms away from you you're slipping out of it 
you're a little Houdini. Right. Yeah, that's that's the best kind of way to characterize characterize it because like, um, you know, there one's a strength skill, one's a dexterity skill. One is you're just brute forcing your way out of the problem. The other one you're sliding away like a little slick slippery snake. Slippery snake. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it can also be used for like parkour kind of shit. You know, sometimes you'll call for an acrobatics to see, like, how fast somebody can jump up a tree. A um, bunch of different stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty obvious if an acrobat kind of does it, have them roll that. If it's a strong man at the yeah. circus, then athletics. <laughs> and this will be kind of almost exclusively, like, jumping up onto platforms and stuff. I feel like I've all, almost always had it ruled that way, where, like... Any kind of, you're going to do, like, any aerial maneuver of, like, jumping and trying to do stuff, almost always acrobatics. Yeah, for sure. And then next for dexterity is our sleight of hand. Sleight of hand is pickpocketing. It is close hand magic. It is... (laughs) Um, <laughs> switching like the poison into the drink, a la the Princess Bride. It is mm-hmm. all kinds of very dexterous. It's just like it sounds sleight of hand. Most of these are obvious based on the name alone, right? But sleight of hand, yeah, you're just being a sneaky little snake again, but in a slightly different way. In a different little way. Sometimes it can be like getting picking a lock. I've seen. What if I wanted to be the sneakiest of snakes? Oh, then you gotta talk about our next dexterity skill: stealth, or I should say, yeah, this is basically high stealth and stealth. Shh, we're talking about stealth. um, We're gonna we're gonna talk about stealth and whisper for the rest of the no okay um so this is basically your hide skill um anytime you're trying to avoid detection from what have you stealth you're gonna have to roll a stealth check yep slinking past guards trying to hide in a crowd because i've done that before too where you're like it's not like you're hiding from every single human in existence but it's like you're in the middle of a crowd but you're hide maybe that stealth is more for like the guards who are after you (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, 100%. Yeah, sometimes it can be like um, a stealth check could even mean like, I don't know, you hid a dagger in your boot, you know? How good did you hide it? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so all these dexterity skills if, are mainly sneaky stuff. If, you're, if your player brings up the word hide, it's going to be stealth check. Almost always. <laughs> I'll give uh, one euro to the person who can find a different skill check that will be involved when someone says, I want to hide. <laughs> and that's oh, man. and that's a smart bet. A euro? One euro. Do you even have a euro? Not yet, because I don't need one, because no one's going to win that bet. That's how, that's how confident <laughs> you're I gonna am. Get, you're going to get a million emails. You know this. Bring right? it on. Come on. <laughs> Listen, dude. <laughs> I'll tell you what's not my dump stat. Intelligence. Moving uh, on. That's always my dumb stat. <laughs> intelligence. Every single time. I love intelligence Dope. because it's a beep, beep. intelligence <sighs> is vital for out of combat. 
you're only going to use it out of combat. So I love it. Unless you're a wizard. I mean, when is a wizard going to use? Oh, well, yes. It, for other things, I'm talking about for skill checks. You're only going to use Fair. intelligence skill checks out of combat. Uh, I don't know. I I've done investigation checks in combat before. Oh really? Oh well, yeah, I guess so. You could have mm-hmm. them do a mid battle arcana check, kind of get a vibe for the magic in the in the room. Mm-hmm. Okay, I respect it. I retract my earlier statement. I I sit down corrected. So let's talk about those those things that we just brought up. Start. Let's start with the arcana. Uh, this is basically your knowledge of magic in general. Like what spells or what what is going on as far as like there's some magical effect going on. I know it's magical. What can I figure out about the fact that it's magical? Exactly. It can be about the planes of existence. Um, it could be about spells. It could be about magical items or maybe creatures from those planes or something like that. But I always just think of it as magic <laughs> as a big vague umbrella yeah. <laughs> right yeah 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 it's magic <laughs> TM. <Honestly. laughs> um whereas the next one i'm a little more loosey-goosey with history mm. history obviously yeah. can contain like literal history right like you remember that the war of 1500 was a bloody one or something <laughs> mm-hmm. um i've also used history as a way of like not just remembering like remembering US history from high school but also remembering like let's see if you remember that guy's name that you guys met 2 months ago yeah. because the bad guy just said his name so let's see if you remember that they're connected now or something like that yeah 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 that's huge it's a really good one and sometimes i do that as a way of being like the players don't or better remember yet, the players like wait yeah. no we've met him before what's his name again yeah 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 <laughs> what's his name again roll a history check if you get it wrong he's gonna be upset you guys were great buds the last time you came through down like me and spuck spuck oh boy <laughs> You know where I, I got that name from uh, Dropout from Game Changer. No, it wasn't Game Changer. It was from uh, Make Some Noise with Jacob, Jacob Wysocki. Yeah. He had to do one where he mm-hmm. was like a zoo radio host whose switchboard got mi- gets mixed up. <laughs> and he was like, hey, it's 75.6 in the morning. And you're talking to the Spuck. <laughs> it's going to get Spucky today. He was so funny. (laughs) Yeah, so history. (laughs) That's, yeah, history can be used for a really broad spectrum of things. Basically, if you want to know anything about what happened before right now, it's it's a history check. Everything is history. Mm -hmm. And then next up is investigation. Investigation to me is in the same way that there's athletics, acrobatics. I think of investigation perception which is a wisdom one but we'll and we'll get to in more detail but those are kind of like opposites yeah 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 investigation to me is when you're like the same kind of but different they are they're they're like the same word different font (laughs) 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 because (laughs) they're both the the phrase looking for stuff right but they're in different fonts investigation is in italics obviously because mm-hmm. you're getting fancy with it. You're getting real in-depth. This is where you're like hands and eyes. knees. Yeah, yeah, eyes are squinted. 
you're moving stuff around, getting your hands dirty. This is where you're getting up close and personal, mm. in my opinion. That's how I differentiate investigation. So sometimes if, you, if I'm like, yeah, you can see something that's 100 feet away, and they're like, can I roll an investigation check? I'm like, nope. You, if, if you want to move up, so, you want to get right up on it. But that's me. That's how I do investigation. I feel like investigation is more digging into something that you've already found, whereas perception is, do you even find the thing? Hmm. Like, investigation to me is, cool, you found a big pile of documents. Now you gotta read through them and figure out what the fuck they mean. True. Or I can see you've that. got a, you know that there's some hidden lever inside this bookshelf. Okay, well, you, now you gotta find it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, perception is just you're kind of, like, being able to notice things around you. I get that. But they are two sides of the same coin because, I mean, intelligence and wisdom are basically two sides of the same coin. It's basically the same kind of thing. It's just in a different different light. Yeah, it is. Um, but either way, you're pretty much looking for stuff. Yeah, it's, it's all. You're looking for answers. You're looking for clues. You're looking for something. But if you're looking for nature, then, buddy, you're in you're in uh, the right place because that's what's next. Yep. Talk me through a nature check. Um, a nature check is going to be like trying to figure out local plants or animals or like, is this like you come into an area where say there's a giant blizzard going on. Is this blizzard normal for this kind of area? Do these trees mm-hmm. look like they're the kind of thing that would naturally happen here or is this something weird do we have something else going on are these tracks right do these tracks look like like does these footprints look like they came from what i think they should come from that's kind of what a nature check is is just finding out more about the actual physical environment yeah exactly flora fauna weather Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff you see, like, some fog come in. Is this natural fog? There's smoke above. Is that, like, just dark clouds? Is that something ominous? Like, what's the deal? Right. And then last uh, but not least, although pretty circumstantial sometimes, religion. Yeah. So for religion, yeah, you're thinking about different lore that you may have learned along your journey about different gods, goddesses, demigods. It can also go to like demons or devils, certain planes of existence, maybe customs. Maybe it's even like knowing certain priests' names or like um, clerics that exist in the world, you know? Yeah. Like holy symbols, like, cults, all kinds of shit that's like religion based yeah. in some way, shape, or form. Just pretty much anything that's related to your, the pantheon of gods that you've got going on. And- all of their priesthoods. Yeah. And those are the intelligence ones, which um, are a lot of fun. I mean, that's the, I know the DM, mm-hmm. I can speak as a DM. DM loves them because it's a chance to lore dump. Why not? A hundred percent. I love them. Um, yeah. You can roll them for NPCs to see if there's a, if they ask an NPC a, a question and they're like, Hey, random NPC, like what are blue dragons? Like, then you can just be like, Hold on, I'm going to roll and make it up in your head. Arcana, history, who gives a shit, right? Just roll one. <laughs> yeah. Natural three. One. This guy's like, I'm sorry, sir. Don't know anything about dragons. Boom. <laughs> Fucking role play, dog. 
<laughs> I'm an expert. <laughs> Been doing um, role play for so goddamn long. <laughs> <laughs> then we have wisdom tied with uh, intelligence, with the most possible ability checks. Starting off with animal handling. This You've gotten to roll animal handling before. Yeah, this is basically exactly what it sounds like. Can you tame this beast? Or what have you? I, like, can you walk up to this dog and not get bit when you go to pet it? Like, it's really... Yep. Yeah, it's handling, handling animals. Handling animals. When you're riding them, when you see them, get to know... Mm. How it, like, is this guy mad at me? <laughs> Does it, <laughs> do, do all these animals hate me? Figure it out. But if you want to know if all the people hate you... <laughs> yes. No, just kidding. That's- Roll an inside check. <laughs> yep. Roll an inside check. Uh, if you're a player and you want to roll an inside check to see if somebody is lying, to see what somebody's body language is telling you, to get an idea if they're withholding information, um, are they friendly? Do, what's the, what is their fucking? What's the color of their aura? Like that kind of vibe is <laughs> pretty much insight. What's their zodiac? Um, this is one of my favorite, <laughs> absolutely favorite checks. Um, I main wisdom characters, so like um, wisdom is generally pretty high for me. Uh, this is one of the few things that I can do reliably well. Like uh, just, and it, it's very helpful when you're going into a thing and you're talking to somebody, and everything just seems to be just too good to be true. Roll that inside check. Give it a second look. Let's yep. take a peek at this guy. Does he does he look like he's trying to string me along? Does he look like he's mm-hmm. trying to scam me? Something like that. All right, cool. Sun's out, guns out. Let's go. Yeah, and every DM's gonna handle it differently. Me personally, I would so kindly ask my players to just instead of screaming insight check at me in the middle mm-hmm. of my role play, <laughs> if you mm-hmm. could just tell me. Hey, I want to see like what his body language is saying. Hey, I want to know if he's lying because he's like breaking his words or something. Just give me the tiniest little direction as opposed to inside check. I want to inside check. Inside check. <laughs> I want to do an inside check on what you're saying right now. I think you're lying. That would be I appreciated. I think you actually love it when people scream inside check at you. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I'm making an inside check on you right now. Roll for it. Oh, God damn it. What a failure. Roll so. for it. Here, I'll roll either. This is a fun DM trick, too. I'm going to roll either a deception or a persuasion check, and I'm not going to tell you which. Okay. <laughs> My passive's a 12. What do you mean your passive's a 12? <laughs> 12. You rolled a 12? I got That's a five. passive insight. I got a five. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you actually hate it. Fine. <laughs> but insight's... Uh, definitely very important. It's a lot of fun. You can also have NPCs roll it against players that you know are lying. Mm-hmm. But also, don't metagame if you're gonna hold your players to that shit. <laughs> yeah, don't be a fucking metagamer. And yeah, be like, yeah, yeah. If, oh, I, if I know that player, the players lying. That's why you know. Be fair. Give them that fighting chance. So, like, when your players rolling a persuasion check. Your or a deception check, you're rolling insight against them. That's how I will generally play that. Yeah, keep it um, fair. Keep it fair. 
keep it fair. You know, a lot of these things, like when they try to do wild stuff, some of this, some of these things you want to oppose. You don't want it to go that way, but don't just yeah. say, "Oh no, it doesn't happen." Give him, give him a shot. Give him a shot. As long, like I said, as long as it doesn't break the whole game, give him a shot. Yeah, cut the guy some slack. Cut him some slack over there. Cut him some slack. He dropped his ice cream on the way into the office today. Ah, what a what a what a bad way to start the day. <laughs> All um, right. Anyway, um, <laughs> I feel like that one actually kind of hurt me. Do a medicine check. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh, boy. Ooh, <laughs> that joke that hurt me. That transition. <laughs> yeah. Hurt me. I feel like I got skin knees. <laughs> Yeah, dang. But yes, yeah, uh, medicine yeah. check. Let's just move on. Power through yeah, it. Let's move on. Medicine checks. Um, just throw some Vicks on it and move on. <laughs> um, Yeah, this is going to be, again, it's pretty self-explanatory. You find come across somebody who's bleeding, hurt, whatever, and you want to try to help. Roll a medicine check. Medicine also helps when... If you have a party member that is down, um, you can go up to them and roll a medicine check with a DC of 10. If you beat, the med- if you beat a 10, then they're stabilized and they no longer have to take death saving throws. That's definitely the most important thing when it comes up. And then it can also be used to diagnose illnesses. Sometimes I might even let it stretch sometimes and maybe like diagnose a poison or something like that. Yeah. You know, depending. It's like, whatever. <laughs> and then probably the most frequently asked skill check mm-hmm. in the game, in my opinion. 100%. 100, no, 100%. I didn't bing 100%. it. 100%. I didn't bing it. But yeah, I don't think you have I'm to bing it, sure. man. I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident. It's not. Is yeah. It is bingable, but it's unnecessary because it's definitely think, yeah. perception. I seen Definitely it. Perception. I seen it. I think that <laughs> perception. Yeah, you're perceiving yeah. things. <laughs> you're looking. Yeah, at, that's. I mean, we touched on it a little bit earlier. This is like you're walking around with your eyes open, and Do your you ears and your thing? nose. Yes, it's Do mainly the sensing. Yeah, I've even I, I've done it for touch before. I think taste is maybe the only one I've never actually in my games. I'm not saying you can't. But I don't think I've ever asked for a perception taste test. Schnozberries taste like schnozberry. Snossages. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> it comes up quite frequently. It's a great way to propel the story if there's ever a lull and you want to advance to the next little part. It's an easy way to start off a, not even necessarily a combat encounter, but just like an encounter in general. Mm-hmm. It can be a role play encounter as a DM. Like perception checks are huge to just be able to be like, Hey, actually, can I just have everybody make a perception check? And then everyone rolls, whoever rolls the highest or the two people who roll the highest, if they're close, like whatever. And then you just go, yeah, your character and your character actually see a group of people walking towards you. And if they roll really well, then you can describe them right then and there. Otherwise you're going to describe them when they walk up close right. <laughs> and then boom, it moves the story forward. Such an easy way to do it. Because every once in a while, your players will get into a lull where it's like, all right, what do you guys want to do next? And kind of no one really knows what to do. And they're kind of just like 
little sheepish or the, maybe it's just like a quiet moment or something. And uh, perception checks are huge. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it really, you can do so much with it. Yeah, big time. And like I said, in my games, I always run it kind of one way of my thinking of it in my games is like thinking of it as uh, a little bit of an antithesis to investigation, just in the sense of like, I think of perception as looking from a distance. Um, you could still be pretty close to something, but I think of investigation as more like hands and knees. Like I'm picturing like Sherlock Holmes with a magnifying glass, like going right. for clues hardcore as opposed to just like putting my hand over my eyes blocking the sun and just like looking out at a landscape <laughs> mm-hmm. but you know each game is going to be a little different and that's fine <laughs> things get better the more you play i mean really amen all the little rough edges will get knocked off eventually it's all about survival oh and my <laughs> last segue hurt actually that was not bad i'm not gonna lie was... <laughs> easy killer <laughs> let's see Let's take it back down to about 30% Sorry. there. <laughs> um, yeah, so survival, uh, <laughs> survival is one of those skills that kind of gets overlooked a little bit, in my opinion. Because basically, that's going to be the, like, tracking and foraging skill. Um, yeah. Anytime you've, you're having to find somebody who's run away or something along those lines i generally would restrict this kind of an investigation to like the woods or some kind of natural area not maybe maybe not so much in a urban area unless you're um, like explicitly looking for tracks or something like right it would, ha- it would have to be like really really specific Right, like they would have to have stepped in mud or something and be leaving actual physical right. footprints for right, me to right, allow right. it in an urban setting because that's basically what survival is. It's like checking for footprints in the dirt or like broken branches and like, oh, they stopped here and took shit, like that type of thing. Or also, I'm in the wilderness and I need food. I don't have any food. Let me go find some mushrooms. Exactly. That aren't going to kill me. No, you, no, no, no. Get the magic ones. Oop, Arcana check. If you, were paying <laughs> along, if you were paying attention all along, you would have gotten there before me. But, um, yeah, survival is, I mean, foot tracks. It can be, like, predicting the weather a little bit. It can be identifying quicksand. Um, finding, like, uh, oh, the branches are broken slightly here aka an owlbear must have run through here there's a tuft of fur blah 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 this is what i would almost allow interchangeably with nature depending on the check i mean survival like it strictly explicitly says in the rule book that like following tracks is a survival skill but like the foraging side of things or like finding fur in a tree or something like that, I'd allow a nature check for that. For sure. And it can also depend on like your party. Like there mm-hmm. have been times where like in my, the party that I'm DMing for, there isn't somebody who's really good at survival, but there is somebody who's good at nature. And it's like, well, this is my way of propelling the story forward and making it easier. Right. <laughs> you know, or you can, if one player is good at survival, one's good at, um, 
nature, you can be like, yeah, I'll have either. And then you have mm-hmm. double the chance of giving that clue. That'll help them move forward or whatever. That's the jazz coming in. <laughs> yeah. This is when you're getting into um, the Scooby Bebops. Scooby Bebops, which brings us to Bards, which brings us to Charisma, which brings us to Deception, the first Charisma. And we skill. got there. <laughs> and we that got was there. my that was my train of thought. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, Charisma. We're on this is the Last ability score that's going to have effect on your skills here. But yeah, this is going to be your talking to people stuff. A lot No, of it's not. Are... No, it's not. Just kidding. That yeah. was deception. I was trying to deceive you. Wow. <laughs> that was like gaslighting. <laughs> that's... It falls under is deception, a, I think. Is that a gaslighting... Is there a gaslighting skill? I think gaslighting falls under the umbrella deception. of deception. Yeah. With a touch of intimidation. A little bit. <laughs> just a, I didn't, just a didn't, touch. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. <laughs> it made me feel icky. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah. Lying, gaslighting somebody, whatever. Deception. Um, intimidation is kind of... It's not the same. It's using your, your trying to make yourself look scary and scare them into submission, being a big bully. Exactly. You're just trying to intimidate somebody. And then, like we said, sometimes you can homebrew it or house rule it or whatever, um, where, like, if I'm, like, the freaking undertaker and I take somebody by the throat and I bring them up a wall and push them against it, Maybe it's strength instead of charisma, depending on the right. character, depending on the moment, whatever. But that's up yeah. to you. Technically, charisma. And then yeah. performance, which I think only gets true love from bards. And I think that that's a shame because I think it has the capability. Although, of course, it makes sense for bards. Bards should take right. performance. However, I think that it could be really fun for all different types of role players if you want your character to perform in any way. Because it doesn't need to be music. It could be telling a story. It can be um, putting on all kinds of performances, dancing. Yeah, but I, th- I feel, I think that, like, bar- bards are one of the only classes that actually get a specific benefit from that performance. Like, you can do... Um, Oh, maybe it's a background. There's some, like a entertainer background or something where you can, basically you can walk into any inn and make a deal with the bartender for free lodging if you do a fucking show. Yeah, I think that's a uh, background feat. Yeah, I think so too. Because... There's never necessarily a time where a bard has to make a performance check. It's always just like a thing that happens a lot when a DM decides that it is appropriate and it comes up most often with role play. But like, I think it could be a lot of fun for other classes and characters to try. It might not be like something that you're proficient in, but there could be times where you seek out a check in it. Maybe you're good at charisma, but you're not like proficient in it, you know? 
Right. Like it could be like a paladin giving like a holy decree of like why they stand for their oath or something like that. Maybe they're trying to recruit people to join their holy order or some shit. <laughs> and that could be a performance check. Yeah. But it could also be a persuasion check. I would more than likely have them rolling persuasion. Because most people are going to pick persuasion <laughs> over performance because it's going to come up more often. But yeah. Especially when choosing your proficiencies as, mm. you know, at the start of your building character building, persuasion's a really good one to pick. Yeah, because you're trying is... to get the most out of it when you're picking proficiencies. Mm. Like, I know that it's, trust me, as somebody who doesn't min-max a ton when I create characters my, for, like, games, I, like, still have a hard time choosing, like, a skill that I think is so fun roleplay-wise, but, like, realistically, I'm like, Never when am I ever going to get to really push this? Yeah. Even like animal handling. It's like that. It's, it can, depends on the campaign. Sometimes it never comes up. Yeah. It's hard. But that's why as a player, sometimes you have to seek it out. Talk to your DM. Yeah. And then also with the collaborative storytelling. We're all telling a story together. Yeah. But yeah, persuasion is in some ways the opposite of deception a little bit. But it's really just like. I mean, obviously, it's persuading somebody to your point of view. Sometimes it can be telling the truth in such a way to really convey it. It could be trying to get a shopkeeper to give you a discount. It could be trying to, like, it, not, like, non-magically charm somebody. Yeah, yeah, that's, I think, one of the biggest uses for it is to get somebody to do something for you without having to use like magic we can talk our way through this like yo need a little help let me exactly let me get some help here do, do you want to help okay roll a persuasion check four fuck <laughs> fuck that's how it usually goes <laughs> unless fellas is rolling if yeah fellas yeah. is rolling which i'm also i am also a charisma caster with proficiency and persuasion but i still let her I'll do all the talking. Well, she has expert. She has expertise as well. Oh, she has expertise. True. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I let her. Here's a fun DM uh, behind the scenes, behind the screen. Um, she picked up a feat that gave her proficiency in persuasion, and she already had it. And she was like, "Can I make this expertise?" And I said, "Sure." Oh, and now my sweet summer child. Thing. It's fine, though, because uh, she's a really yeah. good player. Like, Allie yeah, yeah, yeah. is one of those players who, even when she breaks things, like the game, she knows only to break it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, she, gonna... like, when she wants to break it, she will break it. But then there are plenty of times where she could, and she holds <laughs> back, and the I love frames. her for it. <laughs> <laughs> We you all do I mean? that a little bit. Yeah. 100%, dude. Yeah. It, it makes the game better. Otherwise, it's almost like too easy. Yeah. Man. All right. I, I think that's it. I think that's all the, uh, it's all of our skills. Those are all of our skills. And again, skills are just a super fun way um, to guide your role play a lot of times. You can look at your skills, see what you're good at, and try and figure out a way to fit that into the story in an organic-ish way. Um, DMs, it's going to come up a ton because you're going to be reacting to it a lot. You're going to be asking for these roles a lot. 
And role play is where you can really let your imagination run free. Mm-hmm. So many options. Do what you want. But this November, I ask for you to take part in only one option, and that is voting for Justin for president. Remember, death saves for monsters. Oh, my God. All oh, that is all we've got for this evening. You almost got me. You almost got you it in my, the whole can- my campaign mic. speech. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I couldn't. That's all because that's all we can get into this time. Um, you can find us on TikTok and Instagram at so you want to be a DM, or ask us a question at so you want to be a DM at gmail.com. Join us next time for more dungeon master tips and tricks. Bye.